Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I don't think anybody on offense is, is particularly happy, especially with the second half. But, you know, we're happy we won. We're 11 and three. And, uh, you know, it's always good. You'd rather come out of this with a win and have stuff to clean up than on the other side of this thing. So you'd feel really, really crappy then. You know, again, a lot to improve upon. Got to give the Carolina Panthers a lot of credit. It seemed like they had a good beat on what we were trying to get done, and and they went out there and, and performed better than we did in the second half. Welcome back to the program, The Bill Michaels Show. We're on the air. Reminder, coming up on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, it's the Bill Michaels Huddle presented by Bud Light Seltzer. Five-step filtration process that ensures a cleaner finish, no lingering aftertaste, only 100 calories. Go to BudLight.com, uh, 6 to 8, Wednesday night. I'm going to be joined by uh, Joe, Radio Joe Zanzola producing the program and also this guy up next, our good buddy uh, Green and Gold Insider, Mike Clemens as well. Special Wednesday night edition, 6 to 8, don't forget. Uh, Michael, how you doing, buddy? Will there be eggnog? Uh, we will be nogging it up. Yes, uh, there's always going to be imbibing and eggnog and seltzering, and yes, we'll be we'll be doing that. I'll have some shipped down to you. Fantastic, Fantastic. perfect. Um, well, I've been busy today. I actually haven't heard your take on uh, this little thing on Saturday night. What what was your take after watching the tape? Well, I, after I watched it again, and I, I went back to what Matt Lafleur said yesterday about well, they didn't really they played soft, but they dropped eight. And when I was talking to Eric Branchek, I was looking, I'm like, you know, they were really moving fast to get to Devontae Adams, and they were trying to keep everything in a horizontal, not vertical downfield. And, uh, you know, obviously they got pressure on Aaron Rodgers and sacked him a couple of times, which took him out of their, their play-calling comfort level, if you will, for uh, some of those series in the second half. But it seemed like the Packers were able to run the football, and they just kept trying to throw these quick outs that weren't going anywhere. And, and then, they and didn't then, really get vertical. Why didn't they run the ball in this? Why didn't Green Bay run the ball in the second half? Because you got Aaron Jones working, man. He's got 114 yards in the first half. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, or, or no, that I think that's what he had for over, overall. But he only had he had 140 yards. something. He had 145 yards overall, or something like he that. He had, had the longest carry, the 45. Second half. He only had 31 yeah. in the second half. He busted the one for 46 yards and set up the first TD. Um, but yeah, he had 30. They only had a total of 49 yards offense in the second half. Uh, Jamal Williams went down with a quad injury. Now he was walking around. It looked like it was his right leg. He was on the exercise bike throughout the game. They let A.J. Dillon get in there. You know, and we still haven't heard the A.J. Dillon story about 
being on the COVID list four or five weeks if he lost weight. Uh, but he, from all indications, he, I mean, he was battling COVID there, uh, which is why he wasn't passing. He had the one 18-yard run. But we talked to Rodgers about how you had this good running game going in the first half and how the the conversions on third down were like a you know tale of two halves. They were four for six on third down in the first half. They were just one for six on third down in the second half. Here's what Rodgers had to say. Well, we started off good on third down. We didn't, couldn't hit a third down. You know, we didn't uh, run it as well, obviously, in the third quarter. You know, they, they played very soft in the secondary. Couldn't find a way to get Devontae involved a little bit more, which I think hurt some of our production. You know, there's a couple of breakdowns protection. It looked like, you know, the first drive, uh, big-time hands to the face there on Lucas uh, that, you know, I would have kept, uh, obviously, been an automatic first down and kept the drive going. I uh, And, and it would have. Uh, they had a couple of errors when it came to penalties as well. But I, I just I, I looked at this thing and thought, you know, that Panthers defense just is going to keep bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. And they made some adjustments in the second half of that game, and the Packers really never handled that very well. They didn't. Um, Derek Brown is their rookie draft pick. Like He's like ninth overall, I think, for the Panthers. That guy's a beast. He was lining up against Lucas Patrick. He had two sacks. The Panthers racked up five sacks against, the, against Green Bay. That's the most by the Panthers in a game this season. It's also the most sacks by any team on Aaron Rodgers in a game over the last three years. The Packers entered having only given up 14 sacks for the whole season. They gave up five to the Panthers on mm-hmm. Saturday night. Going into the game, Aaron Rodgers had been sacked the few, second fewest times in the NFL. Five sacks tied for Green Bay's most given up in any game during the season. And then you got Brian Burns, their big uh, – Pick, first round pick from last year, he had two sacks in the game. Derek Brown had two sacks in the game. And Phil Snow is this 64-year-old defensive coordinator that Matt Rule brought along from Baylor. And I was trying to figure out what the Panthers were bringing, what they had been using this season leading up into the game, and I asked both LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett about what is the Panthers' de- defense? Like, they have the single high, they have a lot of guys wide in the sidelines, and Hackett said, yeah, it's one of the most uh, different things than we've ever seen in the NFL. And Rodgers described it as a as a 3-3-5 defense from Phil Snow. It's a strange defense. You know, it's a lot of college principles you see at the, at the college level with their 3-3-5 stuff. Uh, very strange alignments. Uh, they played, again, they played very soft in the secondary. Um, a lot of a lot of too high, you know, even some, I don't know what you call it, when it's like five guys are high. The pressure package, I felt like we picked up pretty good. It was more, we had a couple crappy drives. They got a little momentum on defense, and we just couldn't really get anything going in the second half. You know, we had one, you know, halfway decent drive. I, uh, I I know they had injuries over there, too. That was, the, I guess, the most disconcerting thing. You mentioned those sack numbers. There was pressures as well. I counted two or three other pressures on Aaron Rodgers, so they got to him like seven or eight times in that contest, Mike. And and when you, you talk about playing soft downfield and dropping six and seven and eight guys, 
there wasn't a whole lot of areas to throw to. They got to Aaron Rodgers relatively quick, and even when he tried to go to the outs, they really uh, kind of converged on the ball carry fa- ball carrier fast as well in that second half of that ball game. And I know it's college principles and such, but it's just something that it was a little bit disconcerting because even the guys up front were winning one on ones. You know, so the Packers come out with their scripted plays. They scored three touchdowns in their first three possessions. And Rodgers ended up finishing the night, though, with just 143 yards passing, his lowest total of the season. And even so, the Panthers' defensive line started to fall like flies injury-wise in the second half. Brian Burns is that stud they've got on the outside of the defensive end in his second year. Uh, Bavarian Roy is one of the defensive linemen. Derek Brown was in there. And so then, you know, you're talking to um, Matt Rule after the yesterday. He did this press conference that I followed on yesterday about all the guys that he had lining up at the X-rays once they got back to Carolina. Yeah, they're they're all getting MRIs today. Uh, Troy hurt his hip. He's getting an MRI today. I, I would say he's uh, doubtful for next week. Brian Burns um, hurt his knee in MCL. Uh, he's getting an MRI today. I would say he would be questionable for next week. And then Ravion's getting an MRI today, and I don't have as much of a feel for him. So, Mike, um, when we uh, look at, uh, you know, kind of that, that record of that Panthers team, and I know people say, look, the Packers should have beat the Panthers by a lot more. This should have been a gimme or a layup or whatever you want to call it. I watched the Panthers coming into this game. The Panthers don't give up. They're a team that just hits hard. I like their defense. I think offensively they make a lot of small mistakes that are drive killers. And, but I think this is a pretty good football team that's probably more on the come than not. Teddy Bridgewater, it's his first year out there, um, uh, first year playing with these guys and his receivers. Tons of injuries, yes. Uh, Matt Rule, first-time NFL head coach. Had spent some time with the Bills and the Giants. He's pretty much a college guy. You know, He was in Baylor for three or four years as a head coach before he got this job on Carolina. So, um, you know, he keeps on saying, at least I haven't lost these guys. At least you can see they're still playing. And he was asked, you know, where does he think his team is at? Because they've had seven of these games, like, like LaFleur said last week, seven of these games they've lost by a score or, you know, or less uh, in these uh, losses they've had this year. Really, when I say to myself, how are we doing this year? I say, shoot, we're, you know, we're four and ten. Like, I live by that. Bill Parcell said it. You know, you are what your record says you are. I can say close games. I can say injuries. I can say, you know, we didn't have this, you know, main player. I can say no offseason. I can say all those things. But at the end of the day, you are what your record says you are. I'm a four and ten coach. Which he's right. I mean, you are what your record says you are. You're 100% correct. I guess, uh, you know, you look at some of the things in this ball game that the Packers did just enough to win or did. And I agree with Matt Matt LaFleur, by the way, Mike, when you don't play your best and you still win, that's a feather in your cap because you know your team's then able to overcome adversity unlike other teams. Like Carolina can't do that. They have some adverse plays. They get shut down on some drives. There's things they can't do. You look at a guy like Aaron Rodgers who runs up the middle, and follows Aaron Jones, and he ends up picking up a first down late in that ball game. Things like that that they're able to overcome like an aptitude. Yeah, I thought that was kind of a goofy play. I saw it on the rewind in the press box, and you saw Rodgers fake to Aaron Jones up the right side, and then Rodgers looks to the right flats, and it's empty. And then you see his eyes sort of panic, <laughs> so he follows Jones right. up off the right guard, 
And so uh, Rogers was asked about this, and I asked Lafleur about it last night in the teleconference from his office. Here's here's what Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur had to say about that play. Uh, yeah, that uh, luckily is not going to go in the blooper reel because I uh, was able to somehow make a cut and not fall down short of the first down. So it uh, turned into a positive gain. Definitely not how we drew it up at all. I thought Al and I were on the same page. We obviously weren't. Then I went into freak-out mode for a second and realized uh, there was kind of a hole there. Maybe I should uh, you know, see if I can get some yardage here. I wasn't planning on running anybody over or taking anybody taking anybody on head-on. You had this play in the fourth quarter, a second and five from your 40, and Rodgers fakes to Jones, and he looks to his right, and there's nothing. So Rodgers has to run up the middle. What happened on that play? Yeah, I watched it twice already. On that specific play, that, that was a total miscommunication. He thought that we were going to have a little run alert to the right. Receiver was going in there to dig out the safety, and we had a run called. You know, it, it, that sometimes that happens. And I got to make sure that I do a better job of communicating the expectations on that play and why we want to throw the run alert and when we want to hand it off. Because it, it appeared, as you can see, he, he got like five yards on it or whatever it was. Um, I love Aaron. I love I love when he's able to take off. But I, I like Aaron Jones a little bit better running the football. <laughs> Up the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. He likes, yeah. Aaron Jones probably a little more equipped to do that. You don't gasp as hard when Aaron Jones takes off and starts running. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. Mike Clemens, our Green Gold Insider, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Uh, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Massage Envy Capital Drive in Brookfield. they got some deals going on right now at Massage Envy. If you haven't been there in a while, uh, check them out. An introductory offer for a customized facial, just 60 bucks. Buy $110 in gift cards and get your free hour service. Call them, 262-786-5060. That's 262-786-5060. That's uh, our friends over there at Massage Envy. Stay tuned. More of Mike Clemens uh, joining us on the uh, Schneider Orange Hotline right after this. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Don't turn him. Bridgewater has the ball knocked out of his hand, and it's headed the other way. Kevin King, a disaster for the Panthers, and King picks it up and runs it back 50 yards. Welcome back. Glad to have you. Bill Michael Show continues on. Our uh, good friend Mike Clemens. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Hey, a reminder for those of you who like to, you know, maybe try to get yourself a little bit of extra Christmas money by putting down a, a few bucks on a few games. Don't forget about our friends at BetQL, B-E-T-Q-L. Go to BetQL, download the app on your phone, or you can just go to BetQL.com. It is not a betting site, but it is a tool that you can use if you're looking at stats, statistics, and all the facts and figures and such that helps you become a little bit smarter, so to speak, if you do happen to be one of those who like to put a few dollars down every now and then. Go to BetQL or BetQL.com. Uh, don't forget to download the app, and there you have it. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. So, you know, Mike, in in this one, uh, you know, the, the Panthers obviously, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, had he gotten into the end zone, that might have changed the dynamic of this game, but instead the Packers were able to punch that ball out and really kind of save the day. That was the turning point, I think. 14-point swing because then Green Bay went back, and I think they, that's where they kicked the, the field goal. I think they went seven, 76 yards. 
made it 21-13. Just this tremendous play from this undrafted kid, Chris Barnes, um, that you know has, has got this speed. Now he leaves the game with an eye injury. Last night, Matt Lafleur said though he should be okay. You know he's okay. Checked out yesterday, but uh, enough to have him leave the game. But how brilliant for him to think that hey, look, here's Teddy Bridgewater coming up over the top. There's the ball. Punch it out. Kevin King picks it up, and can't. He's got like a five yard lead. He can't outrun the guys on offense. Uh, and they catch him from, from from behind from 48 yards. I was kind of surprised by that. And, you know, he was getting – he's kind of falling behind. You know, Robbie Anderson and those guys that they've got at wide receivers are fast to begin with. But, yeah, I wonder if King is 100%. You know, he was out a couple of weeks with a quad and then an Achilles. That kind of raises some questions there. Um, Matt Rule, the head coach of the Panthers, he was upset because he has drilled it into the quarterback. You never leap. You don't do that as a quarterback, particularly on first down. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Rule was asked, where does that come from? He goes, all the way back to my time at Penn State with Joe Paterno, who says the quarterback never takes those dives like that. The, the averages aren't there. Um, you just don't do that play. And Teddy Bridgewater, who's usually a very disciplined quarterback, I think, was asked, what was he thinking when he went leaping there and the fumble and the Kevin King scoop and run it back 48 yards? Yeah, just trying to compete, uh, trying to make a play. But that situation is first down. You just sneak. Man, heard the guys from the other team calling out to sneak. So I thought they were going to go low. So I was going to try to go over the top. But you know, all the times that I've run a sneak, I've always just you know followed the wedge and uh, can't get to that moment and do anything different. I just sneak behind the, the guys, dive in low. We may score. It may be second down. It's a situation where I guarantee if I ever have to run a quarterback sneak again for the rest of my career, I'll probably – make sure I never reach the ball over the top. You're seeing the middle linebackers, you know, Chris Barnes, uh, Martin. I mean, you see these guys that have come in when they've had their opportunities, they've made some plays, and this was another one of those circumstances. It was also a big night for Adrian Amos, who's moved from, really good night. Um, you know, safety up to that hybrid safety spot. It was interesting that Josh Jackson was a healthy and active again last night even though he was like a starting corner for a while there, when King was out with the quad, you know, the high draft pick from a couple of years ago. Uh, they used Henry Black, undrafted safety, who's one of the gunners now on the kick coverage. I noted that and tweeted that out. Uh, they used this Vernon Scott, seven-round pick, uh, to help you know fill up the back end there with Savage so they could move Adrian Amos up to the line, who ends up getting seven tackles and three blocked passes in that. Then there was an, another decision that the Panthers made that I thought that was really goofy. How, how come when they score, uh, they, get the, they get within the, in the uh, red zone there toward the end of the game? Mm-hmm. Why does he kick a field goal on first down instead of uh, try and get, you know, get the touchdown first and then try and come back and, and, and get a field goal or try for two, something like that? And after the game, uh, Rule said, if you, he, he said that the odds of them getting a field goal and then if they got the ball back and scoring again were better than like the 5 or 7% odds of, re, of uh, getting an onside kick. So it's something that he's got on his card and the way his team was playing as to why he made the decision to make the quick field goal and then set back up. And he said actually they were moving the ball toward the end of the game. If you remember, they got it to the 50 
and then they got a holding call and a grounding call by Teddy Bridgewater. Otherwise, who knows? Maybe they 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 could have you know tied that thing up, made it dangerous. But no doubt that when Bridgewater fumbled that ball and you saw Kevin King run it back to midfield, that was kind of a punch to the gut. And DJ Moore, one of the receivers, was asked how big of an impact was that that fumble and uh, pick up by Kevin King. Um, on that play, we just we just know uh, we got to score. Uh, it was pivotal, but we also bounced back from it. So that's all. That's all I can say on it. That was it. <laughs> just. Okay, they just fell on it, punched it out. There you have it. All right, not a bad way to go. Um, but I'm more, Mike, as much as the defense kind of did their job, uh, I'm, I guess I'm more concerned about what the Panthers did adjustment-wise at half to the second half of the Packers' offense and why the Packers' offense just somewhat – and, again, they, they won the game, and I shouldn't be sitting here as if they ended up losing the game. But what did they do that – was so difficult for the Packers to adjust to. Well, here's what I found interesting. This was an interesting quote from Rasul Douglas, one of the corners back there. He was asked, what adjustments did the Panthers' defense make at halftime to shut down Green Bay's offense in the second half? It wasn't really no adjustments. To be honest, we just actually started playing, and everybody just started doing their job, uh, and we started getting stops. And, Bill, I'm telling you, when I see what's happened with some of these games, like with the Buccaneers, like with the Colts, you know, I think there's a – in this Panthers team, they've got like seven guys that they've put on there in the last two years, especially on their defense, through the draft, whatever they've picked up in free agency, guys that Ron Rivera was trying to build up with that defense before he got fired. And, you know, if you're 23 years old and it's your second year in the NFL and now you've got to face – Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones at Lambeau Field. That's that's intimidating. But after about a quarter or two and you're four and nine going into the game, it's like, what the hell? What do we got to lose? And you just start paying right. looser and, and you start making plays. And you know, I thought LaFleur talked about the Chris Barnes play and he said that, you know, Chris Barnes punching out that ball on Teddy Bridgewater leaping over for the quarterback sneak in the second quarter, how much that made a difference on Saturday night. Oh, that was the play of the game, no doubt about it. They 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 caught us in a, a defense where they thought they were going to take advantage of and, and pound the pound the football. I think our guys kind of knew what was coming there with, with the quarterback sneak, and that's just great awareness, and that's why you saw him in there quite a bit. He did a great job punching that sucker out, and, and that definitely was the play of the game, the turning point of the game. You're talking about a 14-point swing when it could have been easily 14-10. We make that, it's 14-3, and, and offensively we went down and scored to make it 21-3. So uh, very, very happy with Chris and uh, thought, you know, he had an outstanding game. You know, it was on the bench in the first half was Chris, Christian Kirksey. Mm-hmm, I, mean, right. I, kept, I kept like saying, what are they doing now? They've got all these defensive backs there. They they got uh, Amos there playing the hybrid, and they got this Chris Barnes running all over the field. And it wasn't until Barnes left with the eye injury you saw Kirksey put his helmet on and go out there and run the defense. I, I found that to be really interesting. And they never explained as to why Kirksey was on the sidelines as opposed to being out there in a starter, right? No, no. They think Chris Barnes is their best inside linebacker and that Kamal Martin is coming along. I mean, right. that, that's the least they got. You know, Patton said last week, 
Um, I didn't feel good about anybody, which means he's got he's got no time left for Oren Burks or Ty Summers running the defense or playing inside linebacker. Those guys are special teams at this point. Um, and then it gets back to you know the offensive problems and why you couldn't get Devontae Adams out there. Um, he, clearly he was double covered. Uh, clearly that when Rodgers was back to pass, they were going to let him run the football, but there was nothing on the flats. There was double coverage on Devontae Adams, and they were going to shut down a lot of those slants that they do after the misdirection, the short pass in the mid-range, which was you know driving Rodgers nuts uh, through much mm-hmm. of the second half. And, Le- and LeFleur admitted that he didn't make the adjustments to get Devontae Adams open out of that double coverage in the second half against the Panthers. we got to move him around. Um, I don't think we motioned as, probably as much as we have uh, a lot this season. And so we got to find ways to, to, to get him the rock. And uh, he's such a valuable part of, obviously, this football team. And when he's doing well, usually we're doing well on offense. So, um, but it's, it's not just him. It's just we got to find ways to, if, if teams are going to zero in on him, we got to find ways to consistently move the ball. And that, that obviously didn't happen in the second half. Well, I agree with that, but it also, when he says we got to find ways to get him the ball, this offense also flows extremely well when he's getting the ball to everybody and eight, nine different receivers and not just the six and forcing it into uh, Devontae Adams. So I understand you want to get your best players involved, but when it's not there, it's not there, and that's the offense can't just become stagnant because you can't get the ball to uh, Devontae Adams. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. Mike Clemens joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. We'll be back right after this. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We're not done. We're not satisfied. But you know, credit by, credit to everybody that's in that building every day, working to you know be able to you know do things like this, you know, for this organization. So credit by, credit to everybody involved. Welcome back to the program. Now uh, you start to look forward from the Packers game uh, this past weekend. You start to look to the game that a lot of people are circling as a big game because it's a proving ground game. If the Packers get a win, you kind of look at it in many different facets. How do they perform against the run? And Derrick Henry, you beat a team with a winning record, and you kind of go through that whole litany of things if indeed the Packers can pull off the win and secure the uh, top spot in the NFC. Joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our good buddy uh, Mike Clemens is here. So, Mike, uh, you know, now comes Derrick Henry and company, you know? Uh, I circled this as a big game when the schedule came out because I was so impressed. Uh, Mike Vrabel continued on, even though he'd lost Matt LaFleur as his offensive coordinator. Last year, you know, he takes his program to the next step. He beats his old team that he played linebacker for for Belichick. He beats the Patriots 2013. It's Tom Brady's last game in New England. Derrick Henry with the 204 yards just pounding and pounding. And then they, they upset the Baltimore Ravens 28-12 to on a Saturday night game. Just outstanding performance with that game. And then, of course, you know they, they had the lead on the Chiefs and then they got blown out by the Super Bowl champions. But um, yesterday uh, they jumped out to a lead against the Lions and then uh, the Lions closed it up there for a while and then, and then they just they just they just put the game away. They put the game away. So the final was 46 to 25 
in favor of Tennessee uh, over the Lions. And I'm looking up uh, their game book here. What did Henry have? He had 147 yards. The guy's averaging, Derrick Henry's averaging like 114 yards a game. You know, mm-hmm. and this, this could be Green Bay's worst nightmare when you think about it. And so uh, Mike Vrabel talked about the, the win over the Lions and persevering. You know, we had a few drives that, you know, we certainly would like to do better on and, and, and be back. I mean, we took a safety, um, you know, which was unfortunate. But, uh, you know, there were some good things, and we fin- I thought we finished the game well. Well, I mean, that's great. I mean, uh, they're, they're a team that's coming in, though, with uh, a little bit of a head of steam. They've obviously got some proving to do as well. They right now lead their division, so they've got to keep pace because Indianapolis is tied with them, but they own the tiebreakers against Indianapolis. So, I mean, as much as we can talk about the Packers wanting to get the top seed and such, and there's something to play for, Tennessee's battling for their lead of their to win their division. Yeah, and they're in the AOC, too, which has really got, frankly, some some of the best teams in the NFL this year, right, ten and four. Now Matt Lafleur, you know, he's about five ten. I'd say he's maybe one ninety at the most. Brable is six four. He was two sixty <laughs> his playing weight. And so some somebody asked Lafleur, if this is in like in the parking lot in Lambo between you and Brable, who asks this? Uh, who asks been, this? I think it was Nagler. I think it was Nagler. Oh my God! Yeah. And LaFleur was asked, you know, who wins if you take this out in the parking lot of Lambeau Field? I think he whipped my ass, to be quite honest. Uh, <laughs> talking about a former NFL player, it's a pretty big dude. So hopefully we can go toe-to-toe, our, our team versus their team, and we can come out on top. But, uh, you know, I got a lot of respect for Mike. Uh, you know, I learned a lot from him. I thought he was he's a great leader and does a great job getting his football team prepared to play each and every week. So we know it's going to be a, a very, very challenging matchup, and but one that uh, I think our guys will be excited to, to take on. Well, there you go. At least he admits his uh, shortcomings, and he hopes that his team can do his talking for him. I just – where the hell does that question come from? I'd love the 911 call on that, though. No. Right? <laughs> so you got two football coaches out in the middle of the parking lot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he spilled my chili from Kroll's. Right. So he just, you know. Oh, man, oh, man. Mike, uh, we'll talk later in the week and obviously have a terrific uh, holiday, but I think we're going to talk again, what, come Thursday? No, you and I will be ta- on the air on, on Wednesday night doing Wednesday the huddle with the uh, huddle, Radio sure. Joe. Yeah, Wednesday yep. night doing the huddle. So good stuff. Anything else uh, taken away from that game? Well, just the injuries. Um, uh, Jamal Williams running back quad, uh, Zadarius Smith, uh, you know about the ankle. It's been bothering him for weeks, and he had to stop a couple times with that. But it's my own understanding he's got a thumb injury as well. As well. Will Redman, who you like to have back there at safety and also on special teams, he leaves the game with a concussion. So those are the injuries that LaFleur is. The good news is they don't play until Sunday night. they got a little extra day there for these players to rest up and take on a tough Titans game on Sunday night football. Good stuff, Mike. We'll talk again on Wednesday night, okay? Thank you, Billy. There you go. That is uh, Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Actually, more than a couple of minutes. Uh, three segments, as a matter of fact. But it's always good to break down 
uh, the Packers after a uh, game with Mike. So good stuff there. Uh, we'll talk to, uh, tomorrow about the AFC. Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus, going to be here. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette, our Radio.com Sports NBA insider. Ryan McDonough is going to join us as well. We'll talk a little NBA as we're on the cusp of the 2020-2021 season when that gets underway tomorrow night. And then, obviously, the Bucks will be back at it on Wednesday and on Christmas Day. And we have a Festivus coming up on Wednesday. Mark, your calendars. 2020 is going to be an absolute complaint fest. I could use a stronger word, but there might be kids listening at this point. So there you have it. Time for us to get out of here. How are we going? Whoop! Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.